We are very excited about today's call, but before we get into the meat and potatoes, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our product special of the week. Jesse, what do you got for us? So this is really exciting. It's my favorite time of year. As the year winds down, we are always looking for nominations that we can award our coveted best in pageantry award. So I want to talk about how do we get these nominations so we can get awards rolling. Awesome. Okay. So um, kind of give us a little bit of a history about this. Like why did we start it and who can girls and title holders and fans and moms and dads, who can they nominate? So we started the awards because we wanted to recognize people that were stellar in the pageant industry. So whether it was makeup artists, choreographers, hosts, coaches, wardrobe choices, etc., it was just a way for us to celebrate all things pageantry. And because we cannot see, every, I mean, there's so many pageants all across the world, we cannot see everything or know everything. So we rely on our readers, our subscribers, our viewers to send in their nominations because so many of the awards um, are based upon those nominations that we get. So we put you, our viewers, our readers, our listeners in control of who gets these awards. That's awesome. So now does it work like if I nominate Coach X? And then Coach X kind of comes to the pageant planet's attention, and then we can research Coach X and see if he or she is valuable enough to be on the top 10 list. Is that kind of how it works? Uh, not necessarily, but sure. I mean, we love seeing all that information, but it's so much more based upon who receives the votes, who receives the most votes. So if you have someone in mind, or maybe you want to nominate yourself, share, share, share to try to get people to vote for you or your nomination, because that is really what's most important. Got it. Okay. So how can they find this page to where they can go and nominate uh, their favorite person in pageantry? So the quickest and easiest way is to visit pageantplanet.com backslash podcast, and you can find all the information there. However, from now until the end of the year, we have it pinned on the top of our Facebook page. So just visit our Facebook fan page, click nominate, and all of the good stuff is there. So categories like favorite designer, retailer, pageant girl, etc. It's all there. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining Jesse and myself. Today, we are going to talk about how to succeed in a glitz pageant. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. Glitz is a type of pageantry that got its start being over the top. That's what I think of when I think of glitz. It's full makeup, full hair, hair extensions, hair pieces, beautiful, elaborate, ornate costumes with really high energy modeling. Glitz is for the perfectionist. So everything is to the T, absolutely flawless and really perfectly quaffed, if you will. So glitz um, is kind of where I got my start. I got my start semi-glitz pageants and it can range from zero, um, age zero, all the way up to, um, I don't actually think there's a limit on glitz ages, but it's that, it's that traditional image when people hear the word pageants. Got it. Okay. Now, how do you, I really had a challenge with this when I first started in the pageantry of knowing what is the difference between like, a, or like, how to identify what a glitz pageant is. So there's three categories of pageantry. There's glitz, semi-glitz, 
and natural. Those are the three major types. And of course, there are subdivisions even within those. But um, for those of you who are familiar with um, National American Mist, et cetera, that's a very natural pageant. They don't allow makeup for girls, I think age 12 and under, very based upon your carriage, your presentation, et cetera. Glitz is the total opposite. So even on babies, babies can be wearing um, hair pieces. They can be wearing makeup on stage. It's Glitz is all about the living doll and kind of being that image of perfection. Um, and it kind of gets a bad rap sometimes. And we can talk about that in a little bit, but that's the major difference. And then semi-glitz is right in the middle. So maybe they do light makeup for younger girls, but no hair pieces, no um, flippers. Flippers are the, the fake teeth. So if you're eight years old and you've lost a front tooth, you can wear a flipper for glitz pageants to make you have that picture perfect smile whereas a natural pageant they don't want any of that extra stuff right and for the newer audience here like older girls they're not classified as any of those or can older girls because she's wearing makeup be considered glitz it's it's all based on the system so for example miss usa are they wearing hair extensions most of the time yes are they wearing fake eyelashes most of the time yes so as you get older the lines get a little fuzzier there's still though a difference in the styling um so let me think of some great classic well i mean toddlers and tiaras is a perfect example and there i don't think there is an age cap for most glitz pageants so it's again like think of classic 80s hairstyles like really huge volume perfect like they have the swirls perfectly placed um really beautiful voluminous hot rolled hair i mean that's what i think of when i think of glitz not a hair out of place like really uh, elegant movements smooth steady etc so like you could be in a hurricane and your hair <laughs> type thing um so yes as you get older the lines get less um, less clear. However, um, I think there's still a difference in styling between the two. Yeah, I love that analogy of it's a living doll because really they do look, I mean, from skin to hair, they look porcelain. You know, so. there, was a, there was a special on, I think it was HBO or Showtime years ago, and I think we might have mentioned this on a podcast before, um, but it was called Living Dolls, and it was about the glitz pageant industry, and it's, uh, it's, it's chopped into like six parts on YouTube. It's not great quality, but if you're interested in glitz or you kind of want to see more about it, I urge you, like, it probably will take you an hour and a half of your time to go watch it from start to finish on YouTube. It's fascinating. It follows two really acclaimed pageant coaches in the South at the time. This has to be like early 90s, I think this was. And it just shows like the expense, because it is very expensive to compete in glitz pageants. Um, you need everything from the photos, the hair pieces, the flippers, the, the dresses, et cetera, because it's all like, imagine it's full sparkles too. So there's yeah. no shortage of glam and glitz. Well, the thing for me though, that was that piqued my like interest in glitz was how much money you can make. I mean, these girls walk away with five grand, 10 grand cash, like when they walk and you don't see girls mm -hmm. in a normal pageant, just like walking off and with that kind of money, you don't see it. Exactly. And yeah, it's a, it's a big investment for people, especially for those that have younger children. Cause you know, you wear a, a gown or a dress one time and then it's like, can't wear it anymore because they've grown out of it yesterday. So that's the biggest challenge with it. But I mean, yeah, you do see a lot of people investing a lot of money and energy into coaching, into clothing, into lessons, into modeling routines. Um, because in glitz too, this is one of the major differences is you don't just have age division winners. You almost don't want to be the age division overall beauty winner. You want to be the supreme, the grand supreme, the ultimate grand supreme. Because until you get into those levels of overall high score, because you can compete in glitz with not just your age group, but the entire pageant itself. So once you get into those levels, you can really be in the money. Yeah, and that's 
why the parents like go all out. I mean, I can't <laughs> say that's the only reason, but it, it is like cutthroat because it's about those is about those Benjamins, and you can make. I was talking to a mom and she would go from like glitz to glitz to glitz to glitz in the summer and she would rack up like, I mean, over 20 grand, 30 grand in the summer. So I'm it's like, incredible. snap. <laughs> that, that's well, and good. That's, other, that's another big difference too, Stephen, actually that you bring that up. There's typically not a non-compete. So a lot of other pageants that I think are more mainstream, I would say mainstream being that they're more well-known across the entire country, um, they typically will have a non-compete clause. So if you win a major national title, um, you usually can't compete for something else and represent two titles at the same time. Glitz pageants really just show up for that week or that weekend. You compete. If you win, great. And then you can do another pageant the next week, like you said. Yeah. And they do. They hit hit them up a lot, which is it's that's part of that that culture so which is fine um so now let's talk about how to actually succeed inside mm-hmm. of a glitz pageant um let's just start from the top down so hair hairstyles yes. you already mentioned it a little bit um do they wear a wig do they use a certain kind of product is there a certain kind of image there's definitely a certain kind of image it's voluminous and perfect so you'll see a lot of and i think disney princess hair you know how like i think ariel steven can you picture ariel yeah. in your mind mm-hmm. she has that huge bang that like just goes across her forehead and like sweeps and there's a ton of volume to it ariel has glitz hair to be honest like she has that huge voluminous swoop in the front and that big old volume that curls underneath perfectly that is glitz hair think about Belle from Beauty and the beast yep her updo in the last scene with her yellow dress is a glitz. Like, think Disney princess hair if you're going to think. That's it, yeah. It's totally, totally it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can remember seeing, like, a, a half-up do with the big swoop in the front. And be, instead of just clipping in what's left of it, they individually curl each piece. And they lay it on top so it's a little spiral. And it's just, it's they're so inter- intricate that it just is, like... It's actually artwork to look at. So you have a you have to have a great hairstylist for glitz. Usually you go with, with your hair set in rollers. You do your rollers yourself, and you take it out in hot rollers, and then they work their magic. And it's all about like volume. Every hair is in place for like for mainstream patterns. Like we see Miss USA, Miss America, their hair is always blowing in the wind. And it's moving a lot, and that's so like anti glitz. Yeah. So you want perfect styling. A lot of contestants will wear hair pieces for that volume and they call those falls. And the way a fall works is it secures to the the crown of your head. So it kind of just goes underneath and then it like, or I guess it could go over too. And it creates that really, really voluminous big image because you're under stage lights, you're competing with a fully beaded gown or cupcake dress if you're a younger age division. So it's got to stand out and it's got to be large and in charge. Now, how does a fall different from a weave or the kind that the girls clip on the very back portion of their hair just to add some length and some volume to the other knee side? So the fall, um, it just creates a ton more volume, like in a shape. So I guess like it's not too different than the clip on the top, like you said. Um, It just creates like that huge image. Um, Weaves or clip and extensions typically go underneath, like well underneath your hair. It's supposed to be hidden where the fall is really center stage. Got it. And I was shocked when I went to my first, um, I guess, hair retail store. I was it was the girl I was dating at the time, and she was like, "I'm going to go buy some hair," and I didn't understand. And I walked through and there's row after row of hair and lashes. And it was just eye-opening experience of just 
the, all the different types of hair that you can buy, the different types of wigs, and just what a massive market there is for it. Oh, for sure. And you need a great quality one too, right? right. Like we've all seen someone with a clip-on ponytail and you just know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. a secret. So you really need to get something that's high quality because you need it to match perfectly and you need it to be able to stand up to heat and spray, et cetera. So to get a, a piece like that is is pretty pretty substantial. Yeah, it's pricey, but it's just like anything. Like You're spending more up front, but you have to replace it less often. So it all depends on what your budget is, but honestly, like spend the money. If you're going to get something, spend the money. It's always cheaper in the long run just to fork it out and spend a little extra up front. Mm-hmm. With... Okay, so we hit hair. Now onto the makeup. Yeah, so makeup is full, full coverage. Like you want to look airbrushed on stage. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to look airbrushed on stage and you want it to be really dramatic. Even for those younger divisions, like even um, into the toddler age, like they're doing full makeup. They're doing lashes. They're doing spray tans, et cetera. It's just, again, like that perfect doll image, like baby doll image is, is what flies for glitz makeup. Again, full coverage, a lot of airbrushing happening. Um, and not a ton of dark makeup. It's more just accentuating the features. Is there special kid makeup for this or do they just use regular Mac makeup? That's a great question. I'm actually not sure on that. I I would imagine that they are using Mac makeup because they need something that's solid that measures up. So I would say any full coverage foundation will probably do. Yeah. I'm not sure either. So, um, okay. Lips, they have full out lipstick or do they stick with lip gloss? Okay. Lip liner. Okay. Combination of both. What what about lashes? Do they have fake lashes too? So I don't know. Have you ever seen a glitz headshot? Yes. So if even babies, like they have fully edited lashes. Um, I, I don't have a child, so I have no idea how that works, but I know that like the makeup is full out. So, you know, we should write an article about glitz makeup for, little ones we have i I know that we have a few on there but um yeah but it's been a while so i mean i'd be really curious about the lashes so we'll have to do some research on our side so just check pageant planet i'll I'll have something i'll have something created within the next few weeks yeah um okay so that's that's the makeup and then so let's go down to the dress and these dresses are, they're expensive. I mean, they're like 3000 5000 even though they're really small. I mean, mm-hmm. they can get really steep price tagged pretty quickly. But then you also have the different price points too. So what should a, a mom at this point look for in a glitz dress for her daughter? So... And the reason that they're expensive is one, they're usually structured. They're usually all bodiced because they need to have that like really perfectly fitted image. And the other piece of that is they're all usually hand stoned or handmade. So they get, someone will get a shell of a dress and they will fully hand stone it or add details or, or, um, rosettes, et cetera. And, um, for little ones, usually age, I think 10 and under or 12 and under, they do short dresses, which is a big difference from semi-glitz or natural where we're seeing gowns for little ones. Um, so they're usually called cupcake style. So there's a lot of material that goes into making them sit perfectly um, and a lot of beading. So they're heavy, they're structured, 
they're usually very, very bright, a lot of different colors, tons of stoning. Um, and yeah, they're, they're very expensive because of all the time that has to go into them. But there is definitely a market for resale or getting used because again, these little ones are growing out of them so quickly. But if the dress has to be perfect, if it's not perfectly fitted, if it's the wrong length, if it's too long or too short, that's points taken off of it. If there's gaping or bunching, points taken off of it, like it's got to be perfect. Yeah. And additionally, like if you buy a dress and you invest in it and then that dress wins you several pageants, mm-hmm. you can promote that when you are reselling it and you can get close to the value that you put in on it mm-hmm. because moms want to have that in essence, um, I guess the shoe in, they want to put their daughter inside of a dress that's already won so they feel like it'll help her daughter, their daughter's chances of winning. Yeah, so, for which, sure. Um, any particular brands that um, come off the top of your head or, or places they, they can go? I know that we're actively looking to get some glitz um, dresses inside of our pageant um, dress galleries, but we haven't, as the recording of this particular podcast, we haven't got there yet. Next month, it could be totally different. Um, but any outlets for them, retail, manufacturers, anything like that? So I know that um, MacDougall is coming out with a lot of... Um a lot of more kid-friendly designs, but they're really not geared toward glitz pageants. So if you're shopping, um, that's a that's a big deal. You can actually find them really um, really well on like sites like eBay. Um, that's where you see the most of them. At least that's where I always shop for them. I know I'm probably doing not doing this section of the call justice, but because they are usually so customized and and made individually, I'd have to seek out like a glitz expert as far as who's the go-to designer in, in glitz pageantry. But to keep in mind, if you're going to do a glitz pageant for the first time, check out what previous winners did because you don't want to show up for with your child or yourself as a contestant in a short dress if your age division's wearing long. It's really important to just kind of do that research. And when all else fails, the world is a much smaller place now. So you can certainly reach out to people that you know have been successful and ask them if they have suggestions on where to find the right gown or dress. Yeah, and always ask us because we're updating things on a like weekly – well, who am I kidding? Daily basis. So, I mean, um, we always have those contacts and those resources too. So if all else fails and you're totally new, you don't know where to go at all, just ask us and we'll at least point you in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so now that's dress. What about stockings? Do you wear, like, does the little girl wear pantyhose or straight in or, or no? So usually no, um, because it's all like, usually the kids are getting spray tans for glitz pageants, which smooths out the complexion of the skin, et cetera. So most of the time, no, perhaps for interview, um, but interview actually for glitz is rather casual. It's usually like shorts and a t-shirt, which is surprising, which is the antithesis of what you see for natural where you're seeing suits or dresses, et cetera. Um, so traditionally no, from what I'm used to. Um, and then that way it showcases the, the figure as well. Okay. Now moving into the shoe, is it a legit high heel or is it more like flats? No, you're going to see a lot of white Mary Janes with cute little ruffle socks for glitz for the younger girls. That's like you want, again, it's that living doll look. So a lot of little Mary Janes, little strap with a tiny, tiny, tiny little like wide heel. It's nothing, um, it's nothing over the top or it's nothing too, too high of a heel until you get into the um, double digits of age. Okay. Now, I know some glitz has a swimwear portion. Is this true of almost all glitz or is that a, 
a subsector inside of a subsector? Yeah. So the way the way those pageants work is they typically do an evening gown component and an interview component, and that's typically all that goes into the divisional beauty score. That's what wins you the crown. It's then optionals that add up to the ultimate grand supreme, grand supreme, supreme titles. So they'll typically have a casual wear or a party wear, a talent, um, a photogenic. We have to talk about photos for sure. Um, portfolio. And then, um, like you mentioned, swimsuit as well. And these are not swimsuits you would ever see at the beach. They are fully adorned, lots of shapes, lots of I mean, even you'll see a train on pageant swimsuit. So it's very much a costume versus a swimsuit. Got it. And these are all custom, right? You can't go to Jamie Shaw and get these kind of swimsuits. So I have seen so many talented glitz pageant parents. I'm not going to even say moms. I've seen a lot of talented pageant dads. So you could get something off the rack. It's just how are you transforming it to be something that's more of a showpiece? Got it. Okay. Do you want to touch on talent now? You want to move over to talent like costume? Just kind of give a brief overview of what that should look like. Yeah, every when you think about glitz for any piece of wardrobe, think over the top, overdone, lots of bright colors, contrast, textures. I mean, that's really the name of the game. And with glitz, it's not necessarily your greatest talent, it's your greatest performance. So I once saw a, a young woman, her name was Jerry. She used to compete in the New York circuit and she was probably the most beautiful young woman I've ever seen. And she performed the song, the, the Cinderella song, Dream is, a, Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, I think. And she literally had on Cinderella's costume from the hairstyle to the black choker to the blue dress and the, um, the glass type slippers. And she performed that song, but it was much, very much a performance. So she did a spoken part in the beginning, then the song, and that was it. So when you're thinking about glitz and talent, it's overall because they're still judging on your overall look. So keep that in mind. The look is always front and center for glitz. Yeah. And I, I knew of a girl who transitioned out of glitz into the America system and so that's where her mindset was. And so mm -hmm. she sang a song and dressed up in character like that particular song. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 you, you don't do that in a natural, uh, natural pageant inside yeah. of the America system. Don't dress up like a character. So if you're coming mm -hmm. out of glitz and going into this, don't, don't be in character. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've covered wardrobe for the most part. Yeah. And now let's talk about... Um, uh, photogenic. Yes. So these images you will see heavily, heavily photoshopped. They often don't look anything like the contestant. And I don't say that in the way we would say it about like a Miss Universe contestant or like, wow, she looks nothing. Well, I shouldn't say Miss Universe because they are all the bomb.com. But like for other pageants, you see a girl's heavily photoshopped image and then she walks in an interview and you're like, who is this person? Because it's not used in conjunction with judging it's totally separate category and you can take the most natural photo ever and a glitz photoshop artist will transform that image they'll put a fully elaborate background on it they'll do details they'll add the they'll smooth out the face they'll add the rosy cheeks they'll add fuller hair i mean it's it's really tremendous what they do it's it's an, a real art and a skill um that very few people have which makes them really valuable in the glitz community so it's all about that 
picture perfect image. And very often, and I think this is one of the reasons Glitz gets a bad rap, is you'll see a six-month-old baby looking like a four-year-old or looking like much older. And that's just the way Glitz works. And the, when we talk about the modeling, we'll get into this too. But that's just part of the culture and it's part of what works. Got it. Now, let's, since you've already brought this up, let's yeah. talk about the modeling. Yeah. So there's a couple different things to consider with modeling. So if we're thinking about evening gown, it's very similar in the sense of elegant, sophisticated beauty, all that traditional mumbo jumbo. Glitz is very slow. So for instance, I can remember doing my first X, you do a pivot turn, you do your step, you turn super slowly, and then you hold it for three counts because you want the judges to see the back detail of your dress and all of the your fancy hairstyle, you want to showcase all of that perfection. You step forward, you turn really slowly and you hold for three again. And then they're taking it all in. And it's just like, it's ultra controlled and it's so detail specific on how you walk. Um, I have a funny story. I can remember one girl. So they there's like a way to turn because you want to be on stage as long as possible without getting docked points. So there was one girl, she was a teen at the time and she's facing backwards and she did this thing where she would turn over her shoulder toward the judges and smile, hold it for three and turn back. And you could hear her going, <laughs> yeah, from a grin on your face the whole time. Like it's all perfection. And she would turn, smile and turn back and <laughs> to rest her smile. And it was like the craziest thing. And like no one ever knew the judges obviously would never know, but that's like how she was re like re resting her cheeks yep. and then she would turn back around. So it's like, Whatever it takes to like look solid in those few moments is what you have to do. Gosh, and I know that this drives um, other like of the natural pageants. The, the director is like crazy when girls go on stage and they take forever. Mm -hmm. But if they are transitioning out of glitz, that's just yeah. what they're normal. That's just what they're used to. Yeah. So again, if you're transitioning out of glitz into a more natural pageant like um, Nam or USA National Miss, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. Yeah. It's it's faster paced. And there's uh, two other pieces of that modeling that are important to mention, Stephen, if you don't mind. No, go right ahead. So one thing is you'll notice if you watch a glitz girl, they usually keep their body square toward the judges. So it's if you're breaking it down, it's I'm gonna explain it sounding really weird, but it's not. So your body is facing the judges, your legs are still sideways. So it's like your legs are crossing in front of the other when you're walking. So you really never turn your body sideways towards a judge. It's always facing forward. Again, all about the outfit, all about the look. So you'll see a lot of girls transitioning that are keeping like that look. And it doesn't look as like a common walk. So you have to really consider your pageant, your system, and what they look for. Because in a traditional pageant, you're you're not going to want to look like that. You're going to want to look natural. You're going to walk in the direction of the, the pattern, etc. But glitz, that's really important. Um, and then, do you know anything about pro am modeling? No, I actually don't. So pro am is like the coolest part of glitz, in my opinion, because most pageants will allow the girl to pick their own music, not always, and it is like a combination of modeling and talent. Because these girls can tumble on stage, they can do cartwheels, flips, 
tricks, heel stretches in their outfit. Like that's when you see on Towels and Tears, like that dancing segment. Oh yeah. So okay. Combination of like dance, gymnastics, modeling. And it's so elaborate and detailed. Like it's very impressive to watch little girls master these types of routines because they're so intricate and every move counts and they are performers. Like it is, it's something to see for sure. Whether you are on the glitz bandwagon or not, it still like takes some skill for sure. Well, I mean, the judges have to be pretty esteemed to really be able to authentically be judging these types of moves, right? I mean, they're not just your normal volunteers on the weekend. They do this a lot. Mm -hmm. For sure. There's a lot of, like you won't, you probably won't see a natural judge judging a glitz pageant and vice versa. They just, they're two different value sets entirely and they're two different looks. So if you do, it might take that. So we'll hope if there is a transition there, that judge is able to see what each system values and adjust from there. Otherwise it's going to be um, a little murky, but um, yeah, you really don't see a lot of crossover and you see a lot of the same judges and glitz circulating the systems. Okay. So, um, anything else to touch on in regards to, to modeling? No, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Now I wouldn't want to transition into interview. The clothing yeah. is more relaxed, but is the actual interview process more relaxed? Honestly, in glitz pageants, they really don't care about your answer. Like naturally you have to be able to string a sentence together, but I know like when I was competing in that semi glitz pageant, it said straight up on the paperwork interview is to judge facial beauty. Like you're not getting a score on your answer you're getting a facial beauty score and that's the major difference yeah i do love the fact that the glitz industry they just own the fact what they're looking for absolutely it seems like now like pageantry is like oh no no we're not a beauty pageant we're a scholarship pageant or it's like they try to hide the the beauty adjective and glitz is like no no we're we're judging on beauty yeah Yeah. that's what this phase is about and that's okay like regardless of what pageant you decide to compete in it's totally okay just own whatever it is that you're judging so that the girls know exactly and just that transparency is a, is a big deal and when you go to watch a glitz pageant you know who's going to be up there you can visibly tell because that's what it's based on it's based on i think your your beauty walk your overall appearance and beauty and your facial beauty i mean those are the only three things that are important so for that those larger scores typically you can see who was going to do well so we covered a lot here. I know parents play a large portion into glitz and helping the girls actually succeed. What advice do you have for the mom or the dad who's helping their little girl actually prepare to go mm-hmm. in front of the, the judges? Yep. So the biggest, like we talked about earlier, it's polish. So it's important that your child is one, able and two, willing to spend time practicing. Because if it's not fun, is it really worth it? Because this is a type of system where you can't just be cute. You have to be dedicated to the routines, to the walking patterns, to the perfectionist. And let's face it, kids have their days, they have their off days, and they're gonna get cranky. And imagine dealing with kids sitting still, getting their hair and makeup done, not touching their face, not touching their dress. So like, that's the biggest thing to consider, is it, is it should be, in my opinion, a, a joint decision between the parent and the child 
oftentimes it's not. If you watch Hollers and Tierras, that's like that's where they get all their stories from. Not all families that enter glitz pageants are like that. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that. Um, so that's the biggest thing to keep in mind. And two, be prepared for an investment because it's not a cheap industry. Be prepared. Like you can definitely do it on the cheap. Don't get me wrong. You can be thrifty. You can get used costumes. You can study up like crazy on past videos and learn from that. But be prepared to invest in the quality of the resources too. Awesome. Okay. And if somebody wanted to learn more about you and how they can work with you to help train their daughter for a glitz pageant, how can they find you? Yes, you can um, learn more. And by the way, we do have contacts within the group, um, within the glitz pageant industry. So if you want to become a VIP member to get um, that behind the scenes coaching, um, we will find experts to help collaborate with um, for your success. And you can find more at pageantplanet.com backslash coaching. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.